Welcome to Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the anime Sailor Moon and have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So Tracy, why don't you tell us a bit about today's snack? So today we are going to try a bunch of different flavored Lay's chips. I went to the grocery store and I found one called Mexican chicken tomato flavor and spicy crayfish. And I believe Jen got a Mexican chicken tomato flavor as well, as well as something called Italian red meat. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> and also have our special guest, Tara, who has cucumber and lime flavor. So these are some pretty interesting new Lay's flavors. They seem to be like a special edition. So I am super excited. So today we're continuing with season one of Sailor Moon Crystal, which is the 2014 reboot of Sailor Moon. And as Tracy mentioned, we have our very special guest, Tara, rejoining us. Hello. Any new Sailor Moon developments going on in your life, Tara? Just continuing to watch it with uh, Kimberly, who is still very keen on it, although she's more distracted by Pokemon these days. Yeah, so many kids are. She's into the Alola Pokemon right now, although she's cutting back to the original one, which is interesting because this might be telling way too much about myself to people, but I have Veronica Taylor's autograph on myself, who's the original voice of Ash Ketchum in the English. Whoa. <laughs> but not because of that, because <laughs> I'm a fan of Slayers. So I lined up to see her with a whole bunch of Pokemon fans as a Slayer. Slayers fan and she with with Slayers cells and everything and she's like wow this is amazing and I'm like and I'm like the one of these things just doesn't belong here because uh, <laughs> I'm surrounded by Pokemon fans and I'm like the one fan in there so I have Slayer I have other Slayers tattoos as well so it's clear that what that's what it's for but I so I tell her <laughs> I tell her this and it, but it, it's almost like a weird kind of segue thing where I'm like yeah no I've met that person because we've made it clear that you know voice actors are a thing and, and so so on and so forth. I'm like, I met the, the voice actress who does that, that person's voice. And, and so she finds it kind of neat, but not because of this. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch Slayers when you're older. <laughs> no, no, we, we've watched Slayers. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I haven't seen it in years, so I don't really remember it. It's relatively tame. It doesn't really yeah. get it doesn't really get too bad. It's it's no worse than Avatar. And she's oh, seen okay. Avatar right. as well. Yeah, because it is a lot of like magic as well. She's seen the entirety of Avatar and a good chunk of season one of Korra as well. Oh, so, so good. I, I mean, it's no heavier than that in terms of content, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I remember watching a bit of it oof, years and years and years ago, but I never, I don't think I finished watching the series. So It's good. They're both good. I mean, in, in they take it in very different directions, but I appreciate both of them in, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't seen all of Korra yet. I've only seen the first two seasons, but they're, they're, they're both very solid. I, I like mm-hmm. them both. Back to Sailor Moon. There's that segue. (laughs) (laughs) So smooth. So today we're going to be talking about uh, episode five and episode six, which episode five is Makoto Sailor Jupiter. And episode six is just called Tuxedo Mask. So we'll start with episode five. And these two episodes together were pretty intense and very good. I quite enjoyed them. So Tara, do you have any overall impressions of episode five? As I would say before we even started recording, I unreservedly love the transformation sequence of of Sailor Jupiter Makoto. Uh, it, It is so good. I loved her original sequence in the 90s anime, but 
This one is just, it's better. It's over the top and I, it's amazing. Just so good. And I, between, because the narrative is so much faster in this one, the thing that I'm noticing, there's some subtle changes that they've made and there's some more overt ones. Um, and the thing that I'm really appreciating in terms of Usagi's character is that I, I think I've noticed in the original anime, but it was never, I think in your in your face quite as much is just how um how i'm trying to find the word for it how good she is to everyone around her and and how she draws them in with that i want to say sweetness but that's not the word that i'm looking for where where there's a kindness yeah. to her that's drawing them in yeah that's... she's completely non-judgmental uh, all the other mm-hmm. things that the other the reasons that other people fear these girls she just completely disregards yes and yeah. in the and the, it's like it was there in the original one but in this one i it's it's almost emphasized that it's it's a core trait for her yeah and yeah. The, the scene where she sits down next to Makoto and is like, why would anybody be scared of a girl like you? And then they animate Makoto's face just brightening. I love mm-hmm. that scene. It was so mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think what we, what we lose in the, the fast pace of this is that all the other nuances in the girls' personalities, though. Because, like, Usagi doesn't get to be that crybaby, boy-crazy teenager that we get from the original, and she's just kind of, like, summed up as, like, this really sweet, loving girl. Kind of get that with each of the other characters, too, like Rei and Ami and Makoto. There's nothing wrong with because it makes the plot move along a lot faster, but I kind of miss their, like, bickering and the fun they have outside of saving the day, right? They would go to the fair, they would go to the mall and go shopping. So, yeah, I miss that filler, but I'm just loving the intensity of mm-hmm. these episodes. And what's so great about episode five and six of Crystal is there's nothing like it in the original. So one, two, three, and four, you know, they kind of are tied very closely to the classic episodes, but this, these episodes are very different. So it's, Mm -hmm. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I was pretty blown away by just how quickly we went from the Jedi to to Nephrite. In in some ways, it almost made more sense, though. I'm also enjoying um, how the the evil in this case versus, what do they call it in the original one? Because they're, 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 the phrasing of the, the um unfortunately the Dakiverse is all that's coming to mind right oh yeah now. the dark kingdom yeah dark the kingdom. dark kingdom they're creepier they're darker in this and I actually like that like to me that's ringing through is is being more appealing and more realistic in a way um I, I don't know if realistic is is the right word but to, to me less that's cartoony seemed, yeah yeah like less more more in tune with the way that they were portraying themselves I yes. guess is how I'm interpreting it mm-hmm. so uh, we were when I was watching this with Karina we were discussing this a bit what, what kind of like what you were saying Tracy about the intensity and it was almost it's almost like or maybe this is intentional that the 90s anime was played more for laughs it's supposed to be more cartoony and that's why the personalities seem to be more over the top there's more bickering they're trying to get a lot more humor into it while this one 
is very uh, trimmed down and a lot more serious and all and darker too. So it's more mm-hmm. intense. So it's it's like they're they're the same characters and the same plot, and but they're two very different shows, which I really like. Yeah, but it's it's so weird because it's almost like more realistic. Okay, some things about it are more realistic. Some, like, some things are. I mm-hmm. I I I, th- I have the feeling that they're gonna com- that they have or will completely cut out the 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 narrow chan subplot with Nephrite. Oh yeah, um, I think they're they, past that. Really. Yeah, right. Um, which I understand because of the accelerated plot, it would make sense to cut it out. Um, but at the same time, that was one of the more intense plots of the original one. Which, yeah, which is unfortunate. So yeah, I, I understand the direction, but I but at the same time, I I would kind of miss it. Um, yeah, this is why you can't like. I mean, we're we're comparing the two shows, but they are two distinct shows. It's because yeah. a lot of the things that make Sailor Moon classic, the '90s one, so unique and different, are missing from Crystal. Like you said, the the subplot with Naru, the whole Rainbow Crystals plot, um, the the more drawn out friendships. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I really don't think that one can be said to be replacing or better than the other. I just think that they're. No, they're I, they're I very distinct shows. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I I am I am liking this. Like I I still really like the original, and I'm liking this one too for but for very different reasons. Yeah, me too. Uh, yes, and um and I I'm also intrigued by the the different direction that Tuxedo Mask is is taking as well because he seems to be um unlike the original one, and and I even got this vibe from the first episode. Unlike the original one, he seems to be because uh, uh, the, the original one they played it off that that Mamoru and um, at least initially Mamoru and Tuxedo Ma, Tuxedo Kemen were two distinct individuals, and that at some point he realizes that they're one and the same. Yeah. Um, in this one, he's he's Superman. He knows right off the bat who he is. Yeah. And what he's he doing, knows who and he, that is, he is. Tuxedo and, Mask. And that mm-hmm. Mamoru is is just his disguise for doing the day. Yeah, and that's yeah, what he I mean by seems like more right? together, right? Um, yeah. Whereas like he was like this confused hot mess in the classic, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think maybe we should save a lot of our tuxedo mask discussion oh, for the yeah. next one, though. For sure, <laughs> because I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yes, but. What else is really um, awesome about this episode, I just found really weird, is that they're targeting, so the bad guy is a mannequin, first of all, so that makes it really great, because you don't have to heal a person, you just kill a mannequin. Mm -hmm. Um, But the victims, like the target, are young males, which wasn't always the case in classic. It always seemed like they were sucking the energy of young females through like love letters or through working out. But I find it really interesting that this mannequin bride is like luring in young men. (laughs) Yes. And I like that that plays more towards the trope of the females are the heroes and the males are the victims for lack of a better word. Because that's usually what, usually it's reversed, right? So I like Mm -hmm. that. Sailor Moon Crystal's continuing that kind of trope going on, at least in this episode. I also found it interesting that we actually got to see uh, Makoto's previous uh, love interest because in the original, I don't think we ever got... We, we, we always heard about 
her her old um, boyfriend. Um, but I never, I don't think we ever got to see him. Yeah, like we never really, it's so very vague. Even yeah. though there's like so much time. <laughs> to talk about these stories in yeah. classic we never really hear it yeah and and to be fair even even her reference even her reference to even her reference to him is fairly realistic because she's like yeah he, he he's kind of looks like him so it's not even uh as as overt as the old anime right where she she always was like Oh, he looks like my old boyfriend. Uh, uh, you know, she's like, oh, he kind of looks like him, and she's she's obviously got a, a bit of a thing, but but it's it's less it, it's less overt as the the old one, right? Where where or less broad, where where it's like, oh, um, so it's it's a again it, it, it gets more into the the realistic thing where he's like, oh, she, he kind of reminds me of him, and obviously she thinks he's hot. <laughs> um <laughs> right i like that yeah. in this one it doesn't seem that motoki and mamoru know each other like in, yeah. cl- in, in classic they're like buddies because they go to university together but in this one M- mamoru is clearly in high school still and mm-hmm. motoki says he's in university mm-hmm. so we've got a little bit more of that a gap and isolates mamoru a bit more from the real world i guess right and then it kind of makes like motoki more like that ah senpai right (laughs) yeah (laughs) because he's he's the older one right um i want to go back to like how i think this this sailor moon crystal shows more of that strength of the girls i looked up a translation of moon pride which is the theme song of crystal and it's all about i love this theme song and then the translation um that i looked up it's it's about like girls and you know, they uh, feel sadness and anger and all kinds of emotion, but they're the ones who are like invincible weapons, right? And they're the ones who are um, like that dichotomy of like gentle, but also like fierce. And it is just, oh man, Goosebumps, just like listening to that theme song. It's so good. Yeah, I, I, think, there's, I think there's a line in there that says, we're not going to wait for the prince to save us or something exactly. like that. Exactly. And yes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and it's like, it's a different, it's like the 2014 version of Girl Power versus like the 1990s version, right? Yeah. Um, yeah it's yeah. evolved. And, and and one other tiny, tiny, tiny little note. I also appreciated that they explained why she doesn't wear the uniform. Yes. <laughs> so good. It, it makes sense because she's so tall but at the same time because it was always like in the in in the old one you're like she goes to the same school as them and i know that they're trying to do like this whole different thing you know give them all their own look but why does she ever wear the same uniform and it's like this one they come right out and say yeah it's too small it's like i I also like i also like in that scene that she's like physically looming over the teacher to kind of give that but her face is not threatening at all like her face is very like nor like a normal schoolgirl or while she's explaining it but you can see like the teacher's like oh and it kind of just leads to that whole like mystique that everybody sees about her like oh she's scary and and usagi doesn't see it at all which i love i think they do a much better job of making her look like she's actually taller than the other girls and the other characters here because like you she talks about it like very very briefly in classic like oh or people will say like she's very tall but she doesn't look that much taller than the other characters and the other girls in classic like here she looks like like a pretty big lady 
right? It's it's amazing how in a lot of ways they've taken almost the exact same scenes in many cases, and but they put a slightly different emphasis on them. Yeah, and they've done like it's just like the emphasis is just subtle, and they've done so much with it. In all honesty, I feel that they've they've changed it just enough that you're like, I feel they've done very well with her and Usagi. Like I said, Usagi, I feel like. She's such an empathetic individual. That's the word I was looking for before. Yeah, she's she she's such an empathetic individual, and all of the other characters naturally are drawn to it. Yeah, and and kind of going to back to what you were saying about how they're slightly changing how the characteristics are portrayed. The the scene where Makoto first meets Usagi in this one, in Crystal, she saves Usagi from being hit by a car. And in mm-hmm. the '90s anime, she saves Usagi from being beat up by bullies. Mm-hmm. So it's it's showing Makoto in, in Crystal is showing her as a much more kind-hearted soul who ha- happens to be strong and tall and imposing physically. In, in the 90s anime, it made it seem like she has more of a brutal streak to her, which she clearly does not have in this. And they almost made her seem like this boy-crazy tomboy in the classic whereas like i don't know she's there's like a a lot of a softer side to makoto she's like looking at the wedding dresses and she's like oh and it's just like really adorable because she's like she blushes when she looks at the wedding dresses and she like i'll wear whatever my husband thinks looks good right yeah which is like sweet for like a 14 year old girl to be like fantasizing about that right they're kind of like oh like in the fashion magazines and in the stores so yeah and i like this makoto this portrayal of makoto a lot better because i mean it it almost seemed like she had two warring personalities in the 90s one and here it seems like she has her personality is definitely that of more of a girly girl but she has the Mm -hmm. physical appearance of a tomboy whereas in the 90s she was trying to act and look like a tomboy while also trying to be a girly girl and it didn't always mesh no it didn't and i think it was also in conjunction with because it's she's also given um uh, a nickname by Usagi, right? Yeah, Mako-chan. Mako-chan for the first time. And so there's the implication that she hasn't had very many friends either because of that, the the size, intimidating others. Uh, And so there's also that, I think there's also partially that whole aspect of, I actually have, there's also that whole, I have girlfriends now that I can talk about these things with. That's also coming out too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that she's also appreciating that she can talk about these things with somebody. I think that yeah. that's a factor as well, right? Where she's like, right. I, can, I can actually talk about these things with somebody, not just have it all in my head. One thing I do uh, miss in, in yeah. Crystal, though, is, okay, so it's almost like Makoto gets to be the boy crazy one. And then Ray doesn't get that anymore. Mm. She's just no, Ray some... hates men. She's yeah. she hates men. I like, love she's it. She's just like, I don't know. It's almost like... Ray's character seems like less conflicted as well, right? She's just that mature, the mature one of the group. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in classic, she was like the mature one, but who's also like Gaga for tuxedo mask, right? So it's like they ironed out like these conflicts in their personalities from classic. Like Ray especially is a very different character in Crystal than she is in classic. And I much, still much love closer her. to the manga. I know. I love her a lot more in this. She's a lot nicer. She's. It's different. 
Yeah. This is like, that's like me when I'm not hangry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Crystal, Crystal is Tracy normally and, and or, or classic is hangry. Yeah, <laughs> like when I haven't had a snack. <laughs> well, as good a segue as that is, I have another point I want to talk about. Oh, I, still have things. I know one. that would have been really good, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got to talk about Tuxedo Mask showing up in Usagi's bedroom. Okay. Yeah, that's a little weird. So yeah. clearly, clearly he knows who she is, obviously. Yeah, uh, and she doesn't like seem to put two and two together at that point. We wait until the next episode for her yeah. to write, which is a little surprising. That scene in the next episode, I was going, he was in your bedroom. He knows who you are. Uh, but I love her pajamas. It's disappointing because it seems like the pajamas are the only outfit we get that isn't the uniform or the Sailor Senshi outfit which is really unfortunate and uh so i did like i did like the extra hair though that she wore to bed yeah it was all the little bows so when when it's time for that a 14 year old (laughs) when ray and and ami meet usagi there ami is clearly in her pajamas too ray is in her priestess's outfit did she change before she came out or is that what she sleeps in obviously like you can't go out in your pajamas (laughs) She's mature and sensible. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, maybe it's just really easy to slip those robes on and she just, you know, like almost like a house coat. So she just like slipped them on and ran out. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna really think too deeply on the sleeping habits of 14 year olds because that's a little creepy. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to Tuxedo Mask, I love that he shows up. Okay, I don't love that he shows up in Usagi's room, but I, I, I like that he showed up to get Usagi, leads her there, and stays Watches. out of it. Yeah, he stays out of it. He's like, I'm not the hero of this story. I don't have to. He sees that there's something bad happening. He knows who to go get for help. And then rather than trying to be the hero, he goes and gets who he knows can handle it better. It's because he doesn't have any powers, which yeah. I think, which I really like, because in classic, all he did was like throw a stupid rose, and it always seemed to stop the bad magic. But like, what is that really? Like, it's just a rose, <laughs> and then a petal would fall off, and then it would just like startle everyone. Um, and that's yeah. not a real power. So I like oh. that they're not using it anymore. Oh, oh, oh! oh. The the storm. The storm, the fact that she had more than just the thunder. Yeah. Oh, I love that. that. Flower, hurricane, Flower, hurricane, and Jupiter thunderbolt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she gets yes. two powers. And they're both beautiful. Yeah, they're both beautiful. I mean, it fits with her character because she yeah. always she always had the, the, the roses. It was always a big part of her character to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the fact that Usaki commented that she smelled nice. Um yeah. Yes. That was so cute. <laughs> it was like she smelled nice. Um, <laughs> and then, but it fits in with her character, and because it was something that was actually um, prevalent in the first show as well, the fact that other characters had multiple attacks or powers, but she, you only had the one from what I recall until much later. And then I yeah. think she had, but initially she still only had the one. 
Yeah, in, in R they get like power upgrades, but they don't use them very often. She gets uh, Thunder Dragon in R, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think she only uses it like three times. E- even in earlier, much earlier, um, you know, Mercury has the 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 bubbles, but then she gets something else much earlier as well, like the mist. Gets, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she gets the mist, and then um, I mean, Ray always had a few other things going on because of the priestess. So that's kind of our ambiguous, arbitrary. The other Sailor Scouts always had a little bit more than she did. So I'm glad to see that she has a little bit more going on. I feel that this is a little bit more equitable. I hope it comes back. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that they, it was always counting on her just being like, well, she's big, so she can beat people up. And, it, and you're like, really? <laughs> but that didn't happen. That never happened. Magic attacks and she has to go punch somebody? That's not fair. Well, what I also found is that Ami is super smart, Rei is psychic, and Makoto, they say that she has superhuman strength. Whereas, like, they don't really talk up the superhuman strength in Classic. So it's like they each have something that makes them more powerful. So I think that that's really cool. Like, there's a bigger focus on that. And I'm really curious to see what they do with Sailor Venus. Yes. Because yes. she doesn't really have a superpower or anything that really makes her stand out in classic. So I really hope they give her something cool. I'd be curious to see as well, yeah. This episode in the manga, this is the part where Nephrite is supposed to die. So Jupiter gets her transformation, she transforms, and she kills Nephrite. But as we've seen in, in the uh, previous episodes of Crystal, none of the generals have died yet. Jedite survived. Nephrite survived. That's that's different from the manga. That's different from the from classic. And I'm super intrigued to see like, is there going to be a big battle where all of the Senji have to fight all of the generals? Because that would be cool. Like all I four think of that them would at be once. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool. And they they do definitely seem to be taking this in a very different direction altogether. Which so I am keen to see where they they do take this. That was one of my big concerns, I'll, I'll say, about Crystal, is that I had heard that it was very close to the manga, that it was basically retelling the manga. And I was like, oh, well, is it going to just be the manga animated? That's annoying, because I've already read the manga. And it is super close to the manga, and I like that. But it's also doing these little deviances, like the general still being alive. And the next episode, which I'm super excited to talk about. So I love that it's not a carbon copy. Of mm-hmm. classic, it's not a carbon copy of the manga. And if if we ever get around to watching Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, which we should because it's amazing, even that is not a carbon copy of any other Sailor Moon that had come before it. So I really like that there's so many different ways to interpret and retell this story. I'm I'm a big fan of not carbon copying anything. I I I, I firmly believe that any, you know any, anybody doing anything is is should not be carbon copying anything as much as as I'm sure fans of any property would be like that's that's not cool I I, if I want to you know if somebody's bringing something to to video I want to see it you know imagined in video it's like yeah but they're an artist too and they should they should be doing something with it because you know even if it's just adding visual elements that you don't expect or something like they, they, they they're bringing something to it and they should be allowed to bring something to it so that it's not entirely what you expect in my in my purview anyways yeah. mm-hmm. so do we have anything more we want to say about this episode so much happened 
I know. We didn't even we didn't even talk about the the wedding. Well, we talked a little bit about the wedding dresses and uh, yeah, they get the moonstick at the end. Yeah, I don't know. The way Luna does it is just like ah, oh, for Sailor Shenshi, level up. Here's your moonstick. <laughs> I was like, Here's really your like. Oh, it almost feels like you pass the video game level and like, here's your reward. You can now like use this moonstick. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. they could have done that better, but honestly, it's just a a small thing. I mean, it was important, so it should be should be mentioned, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it is important. But like it is important. So, so boring. It, the way it was happened. It can't happen, right? It yeah. was, but it was it was almost like a happenstance. Like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this thing. Guess mm-hmm. what? You're the leader. Here you go. I, because there wasn't so much infighting between Ray and and um, Usagi. Uh, it wasn't like they they you know like it didn't immediately turn into why is she the leader either. Like, it didn't turn into this immediate battle for leadership or anything. One of the other main differences that I that I found is that Luna doesn't seem to be nearly as questioning or inexperienced in this versus the classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah Luna Which knows I what's don't, going on. I don't like, because it's like, if you know what's going on, just tell them. <laughs> instead of instead of like ooh there's four of you now here you get this figure it out well she is saying that she's doing research so yeah, she doesn't it. necessarily state that she has all the answers but she she's more yeah but she does seem to be more aware or at least less of like a I don't know what's going on I don't have it you know I'm not in charge I'm just one of you guys who happens to be faking it till I make it but I also like that she's just like don't worry things will be like more clear when you like get your memory unfogged or whatever I forget what language she uses right because she knows that they are who they are and the memories are in there they just need to activate whatever it is that awakens them i appreciate that so that but, I, she still doesn't know who the princess is i'm i'm sure she doesn't know who that usagi is the princess so right. i think that there's yeah. still that like there's still that memory block on everybody yeah she does she does state that yeah because otherwise she would have been like, hey, you're Sailor Moon and the Moon Princess, and you're the one we need to protect instead of go out and find them and get into trouble and danger. Right. <laughs> you would think anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, not not you're the leader. You, <laughs> you charge in. <laughs> I think she would have a very different directive. Maybe. That's significant, I think, as well. Yeah. Or worth noting. But again, I think it also... A lot of the the character stylings relate to the accelerated narrative. Yeah, for sure. So, shall we dive into our snack? Yes. yes. Alrighty. So we have some pretty cool flavored lays. We did an episode last season where we tried some very tingly, kind of like effervescent kind of sweet lays. Yeah, they were kind of sweet, but these ones are more savory. So I'm super the sweet excited. chips broke my brain. <laughs> yeah, there were yeah. So we had like grape flavored and sparkling lychee. But this oh, time interesting. A lot of um savory flavors. So my Italian red meat flavor kind of smells like dog food, and now I don't really know if I want to eat it. So I just opened the spicy crayfish, and the smell. It kind of reminds me of like the smell of like a ramen noodle ramen noodle packet. Yeah, maybe she got crayfish flavor. Mm. All right, I'm gonna try this. And then I'm gonna open this Mexican tomato flavor. 
So hmm. I've opened okay. cucumber and um, I'm not really sure what it smells like. <laughs> so Mexican tomato flavor, Mexican chicken tomato kind of smells like there isn't like a really strong smell to it. Maybe a chicken? I don't know, but I'm going to try this crayfish one first. Okay, I just tried the Italian red meat. Um, it's got an interesting aftertaste. Not bad, and I don't know if I can describe it. Doesn't taste like meat. Kind of tastes like tomato sauce a little bit. I'm not sure chips are supposed to taste like that. That's probably Maybe why. a little meaty? I don't know. The mm. cucumber's a little sweet. Spicy crayfish is actually pretty good. But it's not bad. It tastes kind of vaguely cucumbery, but cucumber's like kind of a mild flavor anyways. Yeah. So I spicy don't... crayfish tastes like it's like a lot of spices. And on the bag, there's like chilies and peppercorn and green onions. And that's kind of the flavor that comes through mostly, mm. I would say. But there is I something mean... distinctly kind of like like seedy about it. Yeah, I don't dislike these, but I really can't put my finger on the flavor. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of tomato saucy. It might just be because I'm looking at a picture of tomato sauce. <laughs> I can't, I can't nail it down. So I, I like the cucumber. I mean, they, they basically taste like a very mild cucumber flavored potato chip. They're they're pretty inoffensive. Mm. I'm gonna move on Mexican to the line. Chicken tomato tastes oh, yeah. really good. I have like, that one I too. Think I would get that. Sounds I would get really another good. bag of these. They're, it's almost I like a. Mmm. The on. lime is 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 good. It's, it's quite mild, but it's there, and it's, it's good. I like it. I got Mexican chicken tomato, too. It's, like, slightly sweet, but still Ooh. savory. Mm. That's an interesting flavor. It's really good. That is pretty good. That's a much stronger flavor than the red meat flavor. <laughs> it's, like, um almost like a barbecue flavor, but more tomato-y. Yeah, and a little more citrusy, I think. Mm-hmm. It's got a citrus flavor to it. Yeah, this is quite good. Yes. Huh. All right, listeners, if you can find a Mexican chicken tomato flavor, that is a win. Yeah, we get the lime again. You know what? I, I, would probably, I would probably get the red meat flavor again. It's not a strong flavor, but it's not bad. I just can't describe what the flavor is because I don't know. <laughs> Why do these chips always confuse my brain? Yeah, I don't think like chips are supposed to have these kind of weird flavors because they're all artificial. Some of them are like mm. based on like flavors, like there's garlic and tomato powder and yeah. like those sorts of things but like it's really like simulated flavor so yeah I can't even Lay's, read the, oh wait i can't read yeah. the ingredients oh my mm-hmm. god that's Lay's small. comes out with like a lot of different flavors apparently according to an insider article that i just um up is that there are over 200 different lays flavors and the flavors will change based on where you are in the world um also a really interesting fact about lays that i don't think i covered in the last episode we covered on potato chip is that the original person who was selling so the founder of lay's potato chips um herman w lay first sold his potato chips out of the back of his car and that was like in the early 30s so he was like a traveling salesman and he made these chips and he would just like sell them out of the back of his car and um he started his company in nashville tennessee which you know what i was like the, the world needs door-to-door potato chip salespeople again because if somebody so. came and knocked on my door and said hey do you want to buy a couple bags of chips i'd be like hells yeah especially now well, during like, a pandemic where i shouldn't pandemic. go to the store Right? <laughs> or would you be creeped out? Would you be like, no, absolutely not. Give me your chip. <laughs> if they I mean, were a brand you recognized, yeah. But if as long as like... they're like in a sealed bag and you know, 
factory See? made. It's not like somebody giving a Ziploc bag full of homemade chips. That would be creepy. Because <laughs> that's probably what we're talking about here. <laughs> See, I probably asked, do you have paper instead of plastic? I'm trying to be environmentally friendly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, paper I chocolate that people chips. sell door to door. So, so I, like, I like both of these. I don't know if I'd go out of my way for the cucumber. But I, th- I <laughs> would buy the lime sounds interesting. Like I would, I would, I would, I would buy the lime again. I would get it again. I wonder if you mix the lime in with a, the chicken, with the Mexican chicken tomato, and like tossed it together like a salad. If it would be good, <laughs> I think I think it would. The lime, the lime's got enough um, kind of because it's it's kind of subtle, but I think it would stand out because it's it's pretty distinct. Mm. Yeah. So I promised Brent that I would share these with him, so I can't. Well, I also I shouldn't eat two bags of chips myself. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. stop the crunching temporarily. <laughs> this is the ASMR portion of the. <laughs> They're smaller bags. They're a little bit better, bigger than like the individual ones you get out of a vending machine. But they're not like the like a big bag of chips. What is it? I think I think it's like seventy grams. There's a seventy on the bag, and I've, the writing around it means grams. Then yes, I'm sorry. I do not understand these characters. <laughs> it's so weird. Oops. Like the Mexican chicken tomato flavor. It's like so many different flavors happening. Okay. Good snack. Yes. All right. So we will move on to Act Six, Tuxedo Mask, where we actually get to learn a lot more about Tuxedo Mask and Mamoru than we, I think, ever did in Classic. <laughs> a little bit. So Tracy, got overall impressions for this one? Hmm. I don't know. It's like a really interesting episode. So we get to see Zoicite. So that's exciting. Because mm-hmm. she was always. Yay. Or, 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 <laughs> Zoicite was always like Zoicite's that. Zoicite's a, a, a he here. Yeah. yeah, like the foil to tuxedo mask in classic, right? So it's, I think it's appropriate. We see zoocyte, we get to see tuxedo mask um, a little bit more. And what I think is really interesting is that doubt that the Sailor Senshi and Luna have in tuxedo mask in this episode, which is, you know, the same doubt that they had, well, at least Ami had in classic. So that's really interesting. Another thing that I think is really useful and good is that we get more information about the legendary silver crystal. So the girls get to hear about it, right? It is a really powerful crystal that could blow up a planet. We get to hear what the consequence of the bad guys getting the silver crystal is. Because in classic, it's more like, yeah, if they get it, it will be bad. But in this one, they're, they're like, it will destroy, it could destroy a planet. And I think that that is so important. It makes their task as the sailor senshi more essential right mm-hmm. they're not just like fighting these bad guys that kind of show up and are made out of better shooting tennis balls at you and all kinds of stuff this is an impact for everyone on the planet it becomes so much bigger than just juban it definitely makes the struggle seem more relevant and important than the previous sure. one where it was like why is it just just this district or it was a little a little questionable, if you will say, like what what the real import was. What so. I also think is interesting is that Tuxedo Mask is committing crimes so he can get on the news. Yeah, um, he's like, like a t- genuine thief in this. It's more interesting because it, he's doing something, whereas like in classic he wasn't doing much of anything, right? Um, so he has this plan. It's definitely not the best plan, but so he's like committing crimes. He's a thief, and then he's featured in the news. To try to like 
get more information on the crystal. It doesn't seem like he's really thought out the plan very much, but he's 16 and he's And the thing is, he hasn't thought out the plan because when he goes and talks to Usagi later off, he says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to turn out this way. Like, he's like, oh crap, this did not go the way I wanted it to. Mainly talking about uh, the Dark Kingdom hijacking his plan and brainwashing everybody. So that's unfortunate. Unfortunate, but I mean, like, again, these are teenagers trying to save the world. They're trying. Curious point, because it's revealed in this one that Luna has a secret base. Which which, is awesome. Which is awesome. But it's not clear, or it it seems that she hasn't been in contact with Artemis, or Sailor V at this point. And she has yet yet to refer to the Dark Kingdom as the Dark Kingdom. She's only referring to them as the evil, at least Mm -hmm. that I've seen so far. So mm-hmm. they like she's doing research and she's trying to find out information on them. But so far, it, it seems like genuinely they, they only have so much information. So and I was wondering where she got this information from. Did they like download the database from the Moon Kingdom before it died? Like where is where did, is this did this computer come from? And where is all this information coming from? Artemis was pulling the strings in classic. I'll be interested to see. That never if... made sense. <laughs> yeah, it really didn't. So I'm interested to see where where the information comes from this way yeah yeah but like it, that it, secret layer is awesome it, it is very cool and and i'm hoping that they end up using it but we'll see that's definitely a very cool turn of events because that's not something they had and and they always met it at like your know, ray shrine is like their ad hoc base of operations so i i'd be interested to see if this is like turns into some sort of like secret base of sorts I, I'm intrigued by the fact that Tuxedo Mask in this one is is a Superman, essentially. Mamoru seems to be his disguise. It's the other way around. He's not Mamoru who turns into Tuxedo Mask. He's Tuxedo Mask who has to cover up his other dealings in the mm-hmm. meantime. At least that's what it looks like right now. It does seem like it's that way. Like he he knows he's fully aware that he's tuxedo mask. He's fully aware that he needs to find the crystal. He I don't think he knows why yet. Yeah, that that's unclear at this point. But then everybody seems to be you know, looking for the crystal, and, and with exception of the Dark Kingdom, they're not necessarily sure of their motivations as yet. Mm-hmm. Why? I hadn't really thought about it, but it does seem like he is tuxedo mask disguised as like a as like a high school kid because like in the first episode he's like wearing that tuxedo outfit just walking down the street yeah he hasn't quite figured out that oh wait i gotta be a high school student (laughs) the first two times we see him in crystal he's just walking down the street in a tuxedo yeah like a weirdo and like usagi mentioned that mentions that she's like like who wears a tuxedo like in the middle of the day and then that's like the 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 curious thing about him like i said he's he's this he's disguising himself as a regular person um which which is intriguing right because you know before it was they you know the whole he's he he was a regular person who couldn't remember and then and then when she transformed he transformed right like it was some sort of forced transformation at least initially and then later on he could remember and i I think could transform it at choice to some extent so it's interesting that it's it's a very different approach i'm curious as to his motivations and how much he does remember at this point 
So the next episode will be very interesting because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get to hear at least some of his motivations because he's very driven. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be um, at least somewhat like the original where it's princess driven. But Oh, yeah. It seems to be because he has that dream in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, so, but it, it really doesn't seem like he knows why he's looking for it. But I really mm-hmm. hope we discover that he knows he is maybe a little bit more. Like I said, in the classic, he was just like this hot mess that was just like a zombie going around, <laughs> transforming. Yeah. And then by the time he figures out like who he is, he's got his mind taken over by the Dark Kingdom. So <laughs> yeah. he's really more of like a puppet in classic. And I like that he has um, more autonomy in Crystal. It makes him more interesting. Yes. I, yes. Also, I also really like that he's not a jerk in this. Like, he's yes. aloof and he's standoffish, but he's not cruel. He does not treat Usagi badly. And even when he's tuxedo mask and there's that whole scene where he's he's talking to her and explaining his motives a bit, he is taking ownership for what he's been, what he's done and what's, what's happened. And he is just being, like, 100% supportive of her. And I love that. In, in general, I do like the direction that they, they've gone with with the characters. I'm finding that most of them are almost the best version of their previous selves, if you will. Yes. That's not necessarily a, a, you know, a bad thing. Um, I, I do agree that I do miss the interactions of the missing inner episodes where you would see their interactions, where they were doing other things. To some extent, I also think that this narrative also makes more sense. Yeah, I'd like to see those missing really episodes does. with with the with these with the crystal personalities because mm. I feel like the classic they're they're friends but they're frenemies in a lot of it. This one they seem to be a lot more cohesive, caring, and it's a more positive friendship, which I appreciate. So it would be nice to have some of those filler episodes with them being less catty and bitchy towards each other, and them. Uh, like fostering these positive friendships. Yeah, well, like yeah. going on a ski trip and helping each other learn how to ski or something like that, right? Instead of Instead pushing of them like... down a mountain and going, oh, look, she's not falling. Yay. Like, right? Uh. Yeah, well, it, it, it's in some ways it almost seems like, you know, again, cutting back to that whole, you know, like, not that I necessarily need a, an anime to be real, but it seems more genuine that that Usagi's bringing them all together because she's such a genuinely empathetic individual. Given that that's the basis of the friendship, I could see it being more interesting to watch those interactions. I think it's but- really interesting that we don't see that anyone trying to compete for leadership when Usagi is given the moon stick. And I think it's because she is such a better leader in Crystal. Like, there's no doubts, right? She's Mm -hmm. not this crybaby. She's not... Well, she is a little bit. She's not hiding. She's not hiding. She's not trying to get out of it. She's taken responsibility. And she understands the strength that the other girls bring to the team, right? And I think that that's what a good leader does. And that good leader, you know, Tuxedo Mask says you have the power to make them smile. But it's it's bringing them together and is like le- leading them in a in a direction, whichever direction it is that they need to go. She's inspiring them. So, yeah. and I think that that is way more clear in Crystal. And I really love that. We got to talk about the fight at the end where they, they're fighting Zoysite, the just the three of them. I loved that whole part. I was like, this is so exciting. First of all, we'll get to Beryl in a second because that made me like 
shout. It's the three of them fighting, and you see they're using their powers in real time. Like, not the stock footage of them doing their powers. Like, them actually materializing the power in their hands and, like, lobbing it at Zoisite in nice. real time. Yeah. I thought was awesome. This whole fight sequence from start to finish, including Beryl, was like kind of kind of mind blowing in general for so many reasons. They, I, I, I was kind of flabbergasted by the whole thing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the the fact that they, as you say, they weren't bothering to try and um, sequence out the the individual powers. The fact that they were, you know, using them in the in the fight. The fact that Farrell showed up at all. That was amazing. Because in uh, classic, yes. the only person who ever sees Beryl, besides Tuxedo Mask, is Sailor Moon. The other mm-hmm. Senshi never see her. Yeah. Because they all die mm-hmm. before she gets there. And she never leaves her throne room until the very, very end where she tries she gets Metallia's power to phase off against Princess Serenity at the end of Classic. Mm-hmm. This one she shows up in like the middle of freaking Tokyo. To fight three of the senshi, not even all of them. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my god, it's Beryl. Like, why but is it, she there? This is amazing. It, in some ways, it almost makes sense, though. Because it's like, they've been kicking the asses of, of these generals. And this is where I kind of appreciate the accelerated narrative. Because if my interpretation of of her, of Beryl, has always been like, I don't take shit. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. okay in this. And if you're failing, it's done, right? And so to me, the faster, you know, like, okay, Jedi, you failed, you're out. That to me makes more sense in this narrative. And that's why I I actually kind of get this to me makes more sense of her being like, okay, you failed, you're done. Rather than going, okay, let me try one more time. It's like, okay, you, can, you know, maybe you get one more, but that's it, you know, like... So the constant, like, more, 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 more chances, to me, didn't make sense with that character. Uh, uh, it's just a film or episodes, probably. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But but to me, this actually makes so much sense. And so when you've got these, you know, these senshi kicking the asses of her generals and her going like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go kill them myself. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, that actually kind of makes sense. I, I, I just, so I, I love Beryl so much that I'm just so excited to see her. <laughs> I, I'm kind mm-hmm. of falling, I'm kind of falling in love with her in, in, in this show. Oh, you know, she's much pretty, better in Crystal, but I, I just love her so much. <laughs> I, she, I mean, she looks really good. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, I in, in, in the, in the classic, Zoicite was my favorite. But honestly, we haven't really seen much of Zoicite. Uh, although the interesting thing in this was... First of all, Zoicite throwing himself in front of to save Beryl. That was not. Yes, that is. That would never have happened in Chris. In a, no. Class. And so then Beryl taking so. Zoicite were, back. And and then the, yeah. and then Beryl taking Zoicite back. I was I was kind of intrigued by that by both actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they care about each other, but that, that was never the case in classic. So I don't know. It's because in classic, it was the unity of the sailor senshi that made them stronger. But I'm curious to see how this plays out with the unity of the bad guys as well. Yeah. So it's it's, it's looking like the Dark Kingdom has their own cohesiveness that's also in play on the other side. And I, and, and I think that that is, in fact, going to be something that plays out with 
the remainder of the the four kings or the dark you know the the generals still in play as well when we see a, a final showdown on the other side um I, I, at least that's what I'm I'm thinking we're going to see, but I, I don't know for sure, obviously. But uh, that look, I'm I'm hoping that's what we're going to see. Let's put it that way. So that overarching, be- everyone is nicer in Crystal. It just seems to be right. Even the bad guys are nicer to each other. <laughs> I don't know if they're nicer because they're 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 creepier. No, they're definitely they're, nicer. And they're like, they and they're, were like they were ready to like kill each other in classic even at one point i did kill nephrite <laughs> yeah and then um barrel kills zoocyte yeah yeah in in classic so they are a better way better team even if it's they're, just they're this a, one instance. but they're they're a better team but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all like hugs and, and oh, <laughs> oh no, no definitely not but they're not actively trying to murder each other. Exactly. So <laughs> they are nicer. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's it, like I would interpret that as nicer so much as they're more or goal oriented. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Sure. Let's go with that. They're at least they're on the same team, right? Yeah. Yes, and 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 because that's what I'm seeing here is that I think that they're more, they're they're much more driven to the final goal or the but I'm also intrigued to see what what's the the potential sacrifice of of Zoocyte for Beryl and her saving Zoocyte was was for like is that is is was that a sentimental thing or was that a goal thing because I'm thinking it's more of a goal thing but we'll see if things stand as they were because I from what I did see in the scene well a couple scenes prior the relationship between Zoocyte and Malachite is still in play, from what I could tell. So it's not a it's not a romantic thing because Zoocyte's allegiances lay elsewhere, most likely. We, again, we don't know for sure as yet, but it, it it was implied that that relationship's still in play. So I don't know if it's loyalty because could be rank. It could it could be. It could be because they, but they have a skewed sense of loyalty, like because the, the the dark kingdom and how their fealty and loyalty um, is always being kind of a skewed. But on the other hand, I don't know. Like it's it it was always there. They were always clamoring for the opportunity to prove themselves, even in the original. Right? They always wanted to show their their uh, abilities to Queen Barrow, and I think that I think that. Because Zoicide did do that, I think that Beryl saved him as a reward. I mean, that would be a, a kind of a given. I, I mean, I think that those two actions relate to each other. But I, I'm curious as to Zoicide's motivations. Because mm-hmm. I, I agree, I don't think the original Zoicide would have done that. But they do seem to be a very different bunch. They're, they're, they, they do seem to be more working together in spirit. However, they are very much more darker, they're much creepier, and they seem to have a lot less patience for mistakes. Yeah. For sure. They're definitely, like everything else, less comical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what I find really interesting in this episode is we get to see Sailor V. Yes. For the first time. So at yes. the end of very the episode. Briefly. Very, in very briefly. In person. In person. I mean, like, 
she's in the video game. But um, <laughs> so at the end of the battle, um, Sailor Moon is like super worn out. Like it took all the energy out of her to like attack Barrel. And oh, yeah, Tuxedo I, got, I Mask want to talk about that too. But we'll get takes, to it. Tuxedo Mask knows where she lives, but takes her back to his place. And it's like, I don't know, she's a 14 year old girl. Parents are worried. No. <laughs> maybe it I was think just so. maybe it was just like uh oh I got to do something with her and my house is closest uh, or he didn't know how he was gonna sneak an unconscious girl into her bedroom without her parents seeing uh, I don't know I don't think there's a good win for this situation at all there really isn't nope <laughs> but I mean he didn't do anything so that's kind of nice I guess well, yeah again <laughs> but it's still a little weird um I want to talk about her moon healing escalation because mm-hmm. this is her first time using it and she doesn't have the crystal and she is extremely powerful. Like she's powerful enough to injure or possibly kill Zoisite where going up against Barrel. And then she still has the power to basically heal the entire city all in one go. I don't think we ever see right. her with that kind of power until she has the crystal in Classic. So, like, I'm hoping that once she gets the crystal, it just increases her power. It doesn't be like, oh, whoops, we should have done this with the crystal earlier. Never mind. She's the same level of power. Uh, But I just love how she is saying, like, a scene or two before, how she has no power and that she can't do anything that her friends can do. And then the next scene, she's fighting the big bad and healing the entire city. And I was just like, right. it's amazing. It was, and everything else so far up until this point seems more well thought out than in classic. So I'm hoping she just gets more, more powerful. But yeah. we will see. Yeah, I mean, they, they do seem to be being, again, I expect because of the accelerated narrative, being very thoughtful with how they're, they're playing this all out. Um, and I mean... I think it's also in consideration with that the 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 villains that they're going to be fighting are also going to be more more than likely also more powerful and also uh, united, right? Yes, and seemingly more united. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, so this is also the end of volume one of the manga. The end of this episode oh. is the end of volume one of the manga. We've done what six episodes is a uh, one volume they follow it exactly because act five of the manga is sailor jupiter um let me flip ahead act six of the manga is tuxedo mask so yeah they're still following the manga like you said there are little deviations as in you know barrel never shows up in the manga like this uh but they're still following it very very closely well i i still think that they gave us a lot with with like i said barrel showing up was like wow I was so excited. I want to rewatch this episode just for the end again. <laughs> yeah, no, the the end was was intense. It was very intense, and um, and I'm I'm still really interested to see what they do with all the, uh, you know, the remaining generals, right? Because mm-hmm. everything that they've done seemingly seems to be so purposeful that you you hope that they're going to do something with it, like the, they have to. Yeah, and because they're following the manga, I think that they are able to like they're they have the basic plot and a lot of the dialogue already fleshed out so a lot of these little things that they're adding in i think that they have the opportunity to really like you said make them purposeful and meaningful and not just "Uh oh we need filler episode because the next issue of the manga is coming out hasn't come out yet we don't know what this plot is (laughs) right i i just loved it it was so good 
I can't wait. The next one is going to be good, too. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> oh, they, they seem to be doing so much so quickly. It's, it's um, I, I, I can't wait because it's, it's, they're covering so much ground. It's, it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to say a special thanks to Tara for being on our episode today. Uh, is there anywhere that you want our listeners to follow you on social media? I, no, no. I'm, I, I just like to pop in here every once in a while. And that's about it. Well, thank you for thank, having me. Thank you so much, Tara. Yeah. And thank you, listeners, for listening to our podcast today. You can follow us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. Or email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at truenorthnerds.com. And don't forget to join us next time where we cover Sailor Moon Crystal, Episodes 7, Mamoru Chiba, Tuxedo Mask, and Episode 8, Minako, Sailor V. So um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>